Hello, everybody. I'm Chris, the sleepy new dad. Welcome you into the 10th episode. Made it to double digits of the Fused Relativity podcast. Uh, the dude, how are you doing this evening? Dude is doing good. Of course, reference Big Lebowski. One of the best movies ever. If you haven't seen it, it makes you want to go bowling. So, And John, how's it going? How are you? Uh, also tired, but for lack of sleep, obviously. <laughs> Not because of kids, thankfully. Yeah, we finally got baby Benjamin home, and uh, you've, you're you a parent. You know what it's like to have a newborn at home. Uh, it, it's draining. It just, babies are uh, tough. The only nice thing for you is uh, you lack the ability to produce milk. So, <laughs> this is true. But yes, say ew. Just for <laughs> you put that mental pin. Ugh, I gotta shake that out of my head. All right, it's out. <laughs> You're welcome, Kirk. Ugh. <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, I'm gonna toss the baton over to John this evening and let him kind of steer the boat because. Uh, I shouldn't be driving. So, John, you go ahead and take this one. Uh, so I guess we'll just start off with space here, because I wasn't expecting this uh, right off the bat, because, you know, Chris is usually the, the lead host here. Um, so one of the big things is later on tonight, probably within, I think they're launching at about 1 o'clock our time, so three-ish hours, uh, SpaceX is going to be launching their Starlinks on a booster that has been flown. This will be its 10th flight. Didn't they just launch some satellites earlier in the week? Yes. That's that's the nice thing about having rockets that you can just say, hey, it's good to go. Let's throw it back up on the stand and launch it again. Because it wasn't... My memory is fuzzy, especially when it gets that far out, but... They've only been landing rockets since 2017? Something like that? Well, and, it's you know. kind of, It's really cool to see that they're getting them up that quick. Normally, uh, you know, a, a standard rocket launch, you're talking months in between, man. They're talking oh, days. More like years. Well, so, just to give some perspective, and this is why SpaceX is definitely... Yeah, it was 20... Oh, hold on. Okay, so yeah, it was, I was close. It was since been 2017 that they've been landing. Um, yeah, they're, the fact that their reusability is right now unmatched, the closest competition would be uh, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin, which so far technically has gone to space but at the same time, technically hasn't. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> tech, you technically go to space that you... Come on, really? What, 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 you got to explain that, John. Okay, so there is a imaginary line called the Kármán line that separates 
atmosphere from space. It's arbitrary, it's universally recognized, but it's still, it's just an imaginary number that, hey, if you get above this line, you're in space. If you're below the line, you're not in space. Now, there's a lot to say that, hey, you know, you can get to that line and still not... Getting to that line is not as hard as getting past that line and staying in orbit, if that makes any sense. I'm lost. We took a turn somewhere. All right. So so there's a line, a, a theoretical line, that you're either in space or not in space? Yes, the Kármán line. It's at about 100,000, or 100,000, 100 kilometers, 62 miles high. And it's the border between the atmosphere and space so what blue origin has been doing is going up to that line technically getting into space and then coming back down what spacex dipping their toe toe, so to speak yes so spacex their boosters get above that line and then come back down which is roughly equivalent but they're also delivering a payload to orbit so what's on the falcons gets to orbit and goes beyond and then comes back down and lands blue origins uh ship goes up floats for a little bit and then comes back down which is still impressive and once they finally get the rocket capable of actually going to orbit would be interesting to see but they're still a long ways off from that even well spacex seems to have I mean, they're the front runners. We know that. So, seems like, you know, Amazon or Amazon, sorry, uh, Blue Origin will get there. But um, I think more importantly, I'm, dude, my brain's all over the place. But how did you not start off with the fact that the SN15 did its thing? Well, because I was leading up to that. I think SN15 landing is very impressive and kind of comedically timed. But I think the fact that they are launching a booster for the 10th time is a little bit more interesting. So I don't know if you saw that, Kirk, but yeah, SN15 managed to go up, do its little maneuver, and then come back down and land. without. It was the up. first time it did it. It, it. it was the fifth time? Is that right? That's, I think it was the fifth. Yeah, the, it would have been the, the fifth, fifth attempt. Yeah. I heard next they're working on parallel parking, which is going to that, that everybody sucks at that. Well, and see, the, the funny thing is a lot of people assumed that when SN15 landed, they were going to land, take the rocket back to their uh, ship or ship uh, hangar and completely disassemble it. Take apart everything, see what was working, what wasn't, see what held up, what didn't. Uh, they're not going to do that. Elon Musk, the uh, the day after it landed, was like, yeah, we're probably going to refly it here soonish," Which means that they're going to potentially put it back on the stand. I, I haven't looked at any of the live streams from today, but they're going to take it, put it back on the stand, and potentially send it right back up. I heard Elon Musk is a big fan of short circuit, so no disassemble. And that's, that's why they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, short circuit. Come on, everybody. You remember? Here's how you know. Wanna you want to know how bad short circuit two was? 
it contained the phrase couldn't even get Steve Gutenberg. That's bad. What? We're, <laughs> we're gootless. We got nothing. That's a bad movie. <laughs> what were you going to say, well, Chris? I, oh. oh, I was just going to say that uh, I watched the video of that SN15 while I was uh, in the hospital, and dude, that was so cool seeing that thing fly in the air. Well, and just the there were so many interesting and fascinating parts about it, like the, the thrust vectoring on the engines and how I'm sure it, it's hard to describe, but when the it made that kind of upside down V as it was landing and they kind of evened out. Yep. That was, I mean, we've been doing thrust vectoring in rockers for a long time. The shuttle had, all of its engines were thrust vectored. But just the fact that it's, they can vector that much is very impressive. And now, John, was was anybody actually in flying it, or is no. is this done remotely? No, this is all done remotely, mostly because okay. I, I doubt you could. Oh, I, I take that back. I am willing to bet you could find people that would want to go up on it, but I don't think the regulators would quite like the first one. <laughs> To go up. Well, yeah, let's I... land one first, and then let's put people in it. Yeah, that makes that, <laughs> I can, that completely checks out with me. Yeah, and Kirk, did did you see the video? I don't know if you answered that or not. I don't. I don't think so. I think I saw like a, a photo, like just a picture, uh, but it was just like a still photo. Well, I didn't see a video. And the video is as amazing as it is. It's still <sighs> a lot of it would have been better if it, there hadn't been such a low cloud layer. Well, I was just going to try and describe the scene to Kirk a little bit. Uh, this thing, when it goes up, it shoots up into the, where, you know, 10 kilometers, I think, is where it goes. And yeah. then it kind of goes horizontal, and I saw it described as it belly flops back down. And that kind of slows it down a little bit. And then when it gets close, it uses the engines to kind of vertical itself again. It's really uh, quite the video. It's worth looking at. And oh, okay. I'll the check reason that out. it belly flops is because traditional, well, I can't even say traditional because the only rockets that come back into the atmosphere right now are, um, well, I was going to say just the Falcon 9s, but we have one that's potentially coming back in that's, you know, not so happy. Uh, we also have a, a Chinese rocket that is uh, free falling back to Earth as we speak. Well, I'm, I'm. That was part of the thing was Kirk wanted me to pull it up and see where it is live. Right now, it is just past Florida, so oh. it's over the Atlantic right now, which is where a lot. So of I was walking. Are. So I was walking earlier, and something fell on my foot. That was not it, then. No. What you're saying. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, we've kind of got. I completely forgot where I was going with that last uh, last stop before the the Chinese rocket. Um, hey, who has, who has the baby brain here? Come on, keep it together. Right. This is. <laughs> uh, so, oh, I was talking about why it belly flops. So the Falcon Nine comes in and it comes in engines first because it can turn on its engine, slow itself down, re-enter the atmosphere at less speed. So I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, when you watch or when the shuttles come back in, they have all that plasma and everything that comes off and they have those heat shields at the bottom. Yeah. So a Falcon 9, because it only goes a 
into orbit and then comes right back down. It's not going nearly as fast as if it was in orbit. So it's able to use its engines to kind of slow itself down enough that when it comes back into the atmosphere, it's not getting that immense plasma heat generation. So then it can, you know, safely come back in. The Starship, it's going to be in orbit. So when it comes back in, it could turn itself to uh, orientate itself with its engines leading the way and do the same type of maneuver, except it would use a lot more fuel. So instead, what they're going to do is come in kind of like the shuttle with its belly taking the brunt of the heat. And the thought is that, well, because the Starship is stainless steel, it's going to be able to hold up to the heat way better than, let's say, the shuttle would. And then once it gets into the atmosphere and close to where it's going to land, it's going to turn itself to orientate it to where it lands straight up and down like it took off. That was one of the, the biggest problems with the shuttle. And I know we've talked about it previously, and I, I've completely forgotten uh, which one broke apart above Texas. But the, the reason the shuttle had such problems with reentry is when it was coming in, the body of the shuttle was mostly aluminum. It had steel beams that went through and all that to give it rigidity. But aluminum will melt a whole lot sooner than steel will. And that's where, you know, a lot of the problems came in when it was trying to reenter. I think there was one documented case where it, some of the tiles had fallen off above a steel beam. And it was perfectly fine. Well, that's what they have the most problems with is the tiles. Because if you have any imperfections or gaps or, I mean, something, one of them falls off, there's nothing to protect the, the shuttle from that heat. Well, and that's, yeah, and that's why they had to be replaced every single time. And that's why, in essence, it was not looked on favorably which is kind of what <clears throat> i wanted to rant about a little bit today but let's talk about sorry one I'm... more spacex one more spacex thing um they were in the news a lot this week they had that uh, uh the dragon capsule that came back from the iss and successfully yes splashed down and was you know nobody got hurt which is always ideal yes so they're kind of down up. did it like did it have a, a little splash because if it's a big splash the judges don't <laughs> give as many i'm not sure that elon is uh going for style points but maybe all right maybe next time cannonball okay he so he went for the he went for the traditional cannonball he's he's gonna work for the smaller splash later Yes. Okay, John, continue. What, well, were, you, what were you talking so about? While I was wa reading some threads on SN15's landing, I don't know if it was just people trying to troll or just being pessimistic about space in general, but there was a lot of people that, I say a lot, there was probably like 10, but it was a running theme that people were saying, Mars is just this whole endeavor that SpaceX is trying to do is just stupid and not worth it. 
like there was some that were saying like Musk plans to get to Mars by 2026, I think is the it's 2024, 2026, one of those two. And a lot of people were saying, you know, that's that's not going to happen within the next 20 years. And I completely disagree. Um, the whole point of SpaceX and Starship was to go to Mars. Musk is doing this to go to Mars. There's... For, is it for, in, for tour? Is it tourism is the main thing? No, it's to set up a colony. And, well, and this, I ran into the same thing when I was when people when I was really into the ingenuity that people were like, this is the dumbest thing. Why are we on Mars? Who cares? You can't live there. It, it seems uh, people some people just don't want to maybe see it or they don't. They just want to not go there. Well, and I, I run into this a lot with. um well, in space in general, people are very, it seems people are very pessimistic about space. Like you will, if you bring up any sort of topic of like faster than light travel, right now, yes, the physics say, hopefully that wasn't someone disconnecting. Since the stream has ended. Yeah, I think the oh, stream my, went down. Oh, mine went down. Okay, sorry. Um, there we go. Uh, so you'll run into a lot of people saying that under the constraints of current physics, faster than light travel is absolutely not possible. And they will defend it up and down saying you cannot go faster than light. Even though there's been current research that says, eh, we don't quite know, you know, we know physics right now. We have a, a current grasp of physics, but it seems like almost Every week something changes. And that, you know, once they thought that, oh, wormholes, yeah, sure, they're possible, but they would take a ton of exotic matter that we don't know exists and a ton of energy, you know, more energy than the sun would create. And then they've walked back and said, well, it might not take more energy than the sun create, but it would take more energy than the earth can produce in a day or, you know, a year or whatever. The problem is... Yes, right now we have a good understanding of physics, but we don't have the complete knowledge of physics. We just, there's so much we don't know, and people will hold on to the fact that as of right now, this is, you know, this is our current understanding. Nothing else is possible, which I, I find is just a, I don't think it's a very good way to go about thinking about physics if you sit there and say this is currently not possible it will never be possible you're you're likely not to change your attitude if it like turns out that hey no it's absolutely possible you know the can, can i throw out the theory that i think it seems to me the big dividing line because i mean physics is so complicated very, I, I i bet there's a small percentage of people that actually understand the physics and can have opinions about it so to me and this is just my two cents it seems like the big dividing line is if you grew up a sci-fi fan you totally get it you're on board you want it to happen if you are not a part of the sci-fi world it seems like la la land it seems like fantasy world i mean does that connect with anybody you could absolutely be correct and i don't know where chris stands on this because i'm i know chris wasn't nearly into as much sci-fi as i was 
No, I don't like I'm I, sci-fi wasn't really my thing, but I like space and I like, you know, talking about going to Mars. I think it's cool and I think it's crazy that we put a helicopter on Mars. Uh I just think that uh there's a maybe like things new things are scary, right? So if we start all of a sudden going to Mars, and making colonies and you know there's a lot of kind of what i see as far as like well we don't know what the repercussions of that is going to be so why are we even trying it we gotta everything's fine here we'll just continue what we're doing but well no i i absolutely see where you're you're coming from and that's i think that's part of the like what kirk was saying is there's there's a divide of people that want it to be one way and people that are accepting of it to change. And, you know, for a lot of people, yes, setting up a colony on Mars seems like a extremely stupid idea. What benefit would we have of setting up a colony on another planet? Other than, you know, the potential A, research, B, well, it's just in humans as a species. I mean, even... If you go back in history and look, humans have always been explorers. Like, if it wasn't for that fact, there wouldn't have been people that crossed the ice between Russia and Alaska to get into North America. Right, or got on boats and found yeah. other continents. Right, there's that. It, 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 we don't know where we're going, but we're just going to go look. So that is definitely a, a human, uh, in the human DNA, it seems. And I think that's a big part of wanting to go to Mars. Like, now I'll pose this question, and I'll pose it for the chat too. If you had the opportunity to go to Mars on one of SpaceX's ships, knowing that you would potentially not come back, would you do it? I don't think I would, unless there's a possibility I could meet Marvin the Martian. That's a good point. <laughs> He was <laughs> citing uh, Looney Tunes as your uh, your thought process is always that's good scientifically sound. I totally support that. So, what about you, Kirk? Okay, so if 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 we're going exploring and I can go explore, but I can't get back. Yes. Um, or the chance of you coming back is slim. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of good on TV, so sure. What the hell? <laughs> you know, uh, you know. <laughs> well, all, I guess basically, if um, if I guess if information could be sent back and it could help the next person, like if you're just going out to space and then it doesn't uh, benefit anything, then I don't think it would be worth it just to say I did that. <laughs> but if you do it. And then it helps further something. I, I could see getting behind that. See, because I fall into the opinion that I would absolutely go. 100%. No matter now, what. Okay. All right. Uh, now, obviously, this complicates things because, you know, I have a kid and a wife and all of that stuff. And it's not something that I would say if, if SpaceX opened up calls for, hey, be on our first group of 100 starships that are going to Mars. I wouldn't do that. No. But if it came down to the fact that I was, you know, 70 and 
they said, all right, here is, you know, do you want to go to Mars to help out the colony? You know, I would absolutely go then. You have, you have less you have less to lose because there's less time. So yeah, yeah it's just sort of a, a sliding scale. You're kind of weighing it like, okay, I, I how many I maybe have a couple good years left anyway. So there's not that much of a down thing. My kids are grown; they're taken care of. So that makes sense. See, and even even huh? even Elon has said that if he was, you know, if it came down to it, when he's seventy years old, he will be the one. You know, he'll go to Mars just for the, well, you know. See, and I'm just I'm like that because when I when I think about it, I'm like, if I had one goal in life is I want to go to space. I am such a space fanatic that I would love just to go to space, even if I have to figure out a way to buy a, a ticket on Blue Origins or save up to go to, you know, take a starship up to whatever orbital hotel is up in the atmosphere or up in space in the next 20 years, I will absolutely try and do it. Cause I, I was already uh, given a invite so that people could get away from my smell. Finally. <laughs> oh, people are, yeah, there's a, I heard there's a GoFundMe to get Chris on the next spaceship to get him out of here. Is what I heard. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get that one out. I was uh, beating you, beating you guys to the punch. To a the... preemptive, a preemptive strike on yourself. I like it. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's where I see things, and that's why when I see people that are pessimistic or, you know, saying there's no way there'll be a Mars colony within 20 years, I just don't agree. The biggest hurdle we've had so far is we don't have, and I let me rephrase that: we have the technology to get there. We just don't have the technology to get there in mass. Like if we took, well, I can't even say Artemis, the like the Saturn Fives, and we loaded them up with stuff to go to Mars. Yes, we could send people, but it would be like two or three people at a time. Now, if Elon's goal of getting, you know, a hundred or a thousand, I would probably think it's probably going to be closer to fifty to a hundred starships in orbit to go to Mars all at once. I can absolutely see that happening within the next 10 years where there's just a big push and they send up a ton of starships and then just take them all off towards Mars. So when I hit 70, I'm just going to start watching Space Jam. Is that close enough? <laughs> <laughs> well, Space Jam 4 will be out by then. So. I was going to say... Elon Musk, when he's 70, he's going to remake it. He's, there's going to be a sequel is what he really meant. It was a misquote. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that, that, uh, that was my rant about the pessimism surrounding space. I think there's just so much more we can do in space, and we're only getting started. It's definitely a bummer to see people so down sometimes. Like You're just like, come on, guys. I mean, and granted... It's been like that forever. We just have social media now, so it's a lot easier to see people be, you know. And it seems like people are a lot more willing to, to badmouth things, and it, it, nobody wants to say, I like that, because then they can get slammed. So, But if you just, you know, like, if you like a band, and then, oh, that band sucks. And so it's like, oh, you like space? Oh, that's lame. I think that's really an attitude of a lot of people. But I do have some... Uh ingenuity news for the week um we talked about it that they had 
increased the uh, mission time for the little helicopter. And they sent back the first audio recording of the helicopter flying this week. And uh, it was kind of cool. There was a... You really only just hear some weird humming. Yeah, but, that's to be expected. Yeah, with the with the atmosphere being so thin, sound doesn't travel as well. And it's hard to really pick things up the same way we would hear them here on Earth. Uh, still pretty cool, though. Mars is far away, and we're still getting audio. So, yeah, it's only about a 20-minute-ish information yeah. trip. Yeah, but sometimes my Wi-Fi doesn't work, and it's 10 feet away, so... Speaking of Wi-Fi... Sorry, Chris, you brought that up, and I, I just thought about it. I know why our streams have been uh, a little lackluster, and I can't fix it. Um, apparently, my computer has a motherboard that has a known issue with Ethernet connection. And although I thought I was hardwired in, I'm not. I've been running off Wi-Fi. Just thought I'd what if you get there. your if you get your motherboard uh, flowers and candy <laughs> on Sunday? Is that any chance it will fix it? Unlikely. <laughs> yeah. okay. But well, the, don't uh, forget to buy your mother something. Yes, tomorrow is Mother's Day. Uh, so to all the moms out there, Happy Mother's Day! Thanks for everything you do. And uh, the ingenuity is. Uh, Going, it, it flew its first one-way trip this week, so it didn't fly somewhere and come back. It's actually scouting out new landing areas and being a scout vehicle for the Perseverance and future potential missions to see, hey, let's go here because it's a nice, easy place to land, and uh, it's really cool. They're actually using it for science, even though it wasn't... A, technically a science experiment see and that's i had a feeling this was going to happen i think we talked about it last week too that yeah if they have the the option now they're going to use that thing until it uh its battery completely goes out essentially they're just going to then uh fly it farther it's sort of like leapfrogging like it, it far away it's sitting there and it's going to go further or do you know what the, the next move is they're just they're flying around and and scouting it and you know it's uh going as far as it needs to landing and then recharging and then they can kind of pick where they want to go from there so basically yeah it's just it's just playing leapfrog essentially okay Well, that's all that for the Ingenuity. I'm pretty excited about it, especially to see where it goes from here and what kind of pictures it throws out at us. Yeah, that'll be but, uh, very interesting to see. But, John, I think uh, let's go into Kirk's Corner for the week. All right. Uh, all right, we're going to the corner. Oh, speaking of pictures, by the way, are there any pictures of the... Of the new baby, of the new tyke, or is that are we teasing him for later? Yeah, we'll we'll save that for later. Like I said, my brain's not functioning a hundred percent, so. Okay, all right. Let's check out Kirk's corner. What do we got? Well, um, once again, not a glass of uh, water. It looks like a is that a wine bottle? Sure. I feel like you're fairly dehydrated by now, Kirk. 
Honestly, yeah, with the lack of water, I'm I'm parched. It's the only way I could say it. And then uh oh, there's a goose. We got a goose there. So any anybody who lives in Colorado area knows the uh the lovely geese that uh do not get out of your way. And actually I've I've noticed there uh I've seen some goose babies, uh speaking of Chris's babies, uh that uh they're they're starting to hiss uh and protect you from their their little chicks. I think that's what they call baby geese, right? Chicks? Or is that sexist? I think they're sure. <laughs> I think they're goslings. Yeah, that goslings. sounds more right. Like the actor. All right. So there's, <laughs> there's, there's, they're the they're this they're the dreamboat actors running around crapping green everywhere. That's odd. That's an odd combination. Um all right. Well, so for I figure for Kirk Corner in honor of Chris having I, I had baby on the, the brain so I, I had I had some uh, uh, some some baby jokes um, so here, here we go so in honor of Chris's new baby Ben uh, we got some baby jokes so um, I start with uh, I, the other I saw something so adorable the other day I saw a mom feeding her baby it was so she was doing the airplane thing you know when they go here comes the food Brrr. the odd part she was breastfeeding okay, okay. So was, uh, she, had, she had good ear tattooed on her boob that was odd. She, she nicked it on the corner of a table and exploded. Oh, the humanity, the humanity. Um, but that was odd. And so you guys are both parents, so you've had kids. So I had a question about breastfeeding. First of all, breast, I felt bad for the mothers during the pandemic who were trying to, to socially distance while breastfeeding because their aim had to be really good. You know what I mean? From six feet away, trying to, the babies were hungry. They weren't getting any milk. It was, they were, you know, you had to be a milk sniper. Um, another thing, the breastfeeding, if, if you're a, if the mom is right-handed, does that mean her right breast is dominant? You know what I mean? Can she only go to her right or uh, can she be a switch titter? <laughs> Boom. Come on. That, that was a baseball breastfeeding joke seriously come on everybody that was specifically <laughs> for chris um also too chris i just want to let you know i know you've had a baby before but if your baby starts throwing up it does not mean it's bulimic okay it's just it hasn't figured it out yet it hasn't digested it it'll get it down eventually but um and also by the way the bulimic babies is a great punk band name when i when i when i go back to playing music Plunk band, the bulimic babies. Nobody take it. It's a good name. Um, so what else do I got here? Oh yeah. By the way, Ben, uh, when your sister, when your older sister has a baby and you become an uncle, I'm going to call you uncle Ben and you won't get it, but I will do it every time. So just don't worry about it. It's funny to me. It'll make me laugh. It'll confuse you and you won't have to care about it, but because uncle Ben, he got canceled, right? There's no more uncle Ben. I think Anybody? so. Yeah, I think right? he did. Okay. Yeah. That's too bad. Um baby. Oh, and by the way, uh I just want to say baby fat shaming is way over the line. You don't want to do that, okay? They're they're babies, they're supposed to have some fat. That means they're healthy. So no no liposuction for your babies people. That's I know you want them to win the baby contest, but let them be fat. They're supposed to be fat babies. Um, oh, by the way, Ben, I got your nose and uh, I will hold on to it and give it back to you. Once you leave the house, you'll thank me later. So you don't have to smell your dad. Boom. Oh, Come God. on, everybody. Oh. Yeah. 
had to be one. Look, you started it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. There had, there had to be one. I can't. I, you can't only insult yourself. That's uh, that's no fun. <laughs> um. You know, I think that might be it. Yes, yeah, just other than the, I, I really want to know that the breastfeeding, are they, you know, because if you can use your right and your left hand, you're ambidextrous. So, you know, if you can go to, you can go to either breast, are you ambibreasterous? All right, that was a stretch. That was, that was the last one. I apologize for that one. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, uh, that was pretty good, Kirk. You had some, you had some gems in there for your, uh, your baby-related Kirk's Corner this week. Thank you. I, I personally, uh, Switch Titter, I thought of that, and I'm like, that is, I have to use that somehow. John, uh, good luck creating his corner next week. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> keep it clean. Yeah, keep it clean. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, John, what else do we got to talk about this week? I like I said, I, I'm not steering the the boat well, so you're you're taking charge here. Uh, I was thinking we, I had a hypothetical for automation. Um, so your your big thing with automation is that it will get rid of a lot of jobs, correct? Yes. So I had. Well, I don't know how best way to describe this, but more of a, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. Um, it's more of a hypothetical. So what would you say is the most important thing to someone that is 20 to 40? Um, there are family house life exactly so and I, I was thinking about this on my way to work why as as a population do we put working as the number one priority between you know from the time we graduate to essentially you know 65 nowadays 65 70 when you know the family is arguably the most important part of any one person's life. Oh, I, I think the, I just, a stat is like the, 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 the people having babies is dropping. So Chris, you're throwing off the curve. So other than Chris, people are not having babies anymore. And I think the number one reason is because like they said, this is the generate first generation that's going to do worse than their parents. And I think people are having the thought, at least I am that I can't afford this. I, so I think that's why people are focused on jobs because you're supposed to, earn enough money so then you could even think about having a family and then finding a house so but without a stable good paying job you're like well i'm just going to be uh, in debt forever the uh, idiocracy opening pretty much but i mean that's i i wouldn't say i mean population is obviously stagnated and is either going to fluctuate about where it's at because like me and my wife we've had two kids that's probably all we're going to have i'm assuming chris you're about the same way with yours is correct so there's no massive influx of kids but my my whole thought was why do people focus working so heavily the first 20 years after school when 
arguably that's the 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 peak the prime of your life is 20 to 40 well i see i see where you're going with this but the problem i have with what you're saying at this moment seems to be your my my guess is your point is that if you could have people not work and enjoy the prime of their family unit and robots could do the work then what's the problem with that uh am i correct on that kind of yes and like i said this is just all hypothetical i was thinking of it on my way to work on thursday yeah and the thing is i i feel like people need focus they need to have something even if it's a crappy job they need to have that as a balance otherwise if it's just you're living at home and maybe you're making money but you're just that's your life is just your home life then that kind of becomes maybe like your job and then where are you going to go basic sort of idle hands are the devil's tool and also too i uh if you're not working, I think a lot of people get a almost like a second family because I mean, if you have a job and you work, you're spending eight, you're almost spending more time with the people you're working with than with family. So it's a it's one less social interaction. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. And like I said, I'm not advocating for this. I'm just it was a hypothetical that popped up in my head about automation. Right. And I think. I think that's kind of the first where, you know, place that you go. Well, at least my brain has gone there before too. I'm like, okay, robots take over and we don't have jobs and we have a UBI and it just seems like we've been doing it this way for so long. That's going to take a long time for anything like that to crop up. No, no. And I agree. But bringing back to what Kirk was saying with, you know, free time, like the amount of stuff I could potentially do if I wasn't having to work, because let's let's face it, working eight hours a day is kind of a little soul crushing. Sucks a lot. Of t like, I don't have a job right now. I'm with you. Like, and it that eight when you work, most of your day is your time is gone. So it, it does focus you when you're not working. But eight hours of your day are just taken away, not talking about even a commute or anything. So as, okay. as a artistic person, you're kind of like, if I'm not working, I have time to actually do what I want to do, which is a lot more enriching than a soul crushing job, which I've had plenty. Well, and that's just it. Like I like my job to an extent, um, but it's still, you know, I don't even go to work until later in the afternoon and I have the whole morning and early afternoon to do whatever. And most of the time it's just me saying, Oh fuck, I don't want to have to go to work today. Oh, and that's, that's kind of just the focus of work. I mean, not very many people get to do a job that they actually are excited to go to. Well, and I think even then, even if you were a hundred percent happy going to work, you're still there's that that buffer where even if you you love your job and you go to work and you do your eight hours and come home there's still that buffer where you have to decompress from work and you have to you know switch gears before you can even get back into 
or you know get into your own personal projects yeah you need a you need a palate cleanser you need yeah nobody it's it's hard to come straight home from work and start to do something productive right away you need sort of a decompression period for sure or just a, a, a relaxation part you know it's yeah. something to let your your brain just focus that's where like the garbage you know a video game or something kind of brainless or mindless just to let your brain almost rest i would have to think <coughs> Yes. But yeah, I see where, and it's, it's an interesting thought just, you know, cause yes, most people, if you polled them would probably say, hell yeah, I would like to have more time sitting at home doing what I actually want to do versus going to my crappy job. But see, and, um, and this isn't even something that I fall into the category of cause healthcare in general is going to be one of the, the last potential places that could even be automized like there are some parts that absolutely could or where you could automize it to a point where a person is no longer you know where it would have taken two or three people it only takes one sure that could definitely happen but healthcare as a whole is not going to go to robots anytime soon do you think it could be streamlined, but not completely overtaken? Yes. Like, so the work, the work uh, uh, shrunk, but not uh, erased. Yes. Like, and I, and I can throw out an example. Um, I'm sure most people are familiar with a CAT scan. Uh, now, typically, a CAT scan will require one tech and the patient. And then you have the nurses and all that stuff that are... I, I guess I'm thinking ER because outpatient would still be different, but you have, you know, the tech and the patient. And if you're dealing with an ER patient, then you also have nurses. Well, what if you took out the tech and then just had the, you know, nurse put the patient on table and say, you know, have it all connected to the computer and the computer does the job for instead of the tech. That's about the only case I could see where, it is potential to put automation into a hospital. Well, not the only one, but the only one that I can think of at the moment. Well, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good way to say that, uh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm so against the automation thing. I can't even follow the conversation very well because I'm like, man, well, I don't want robots to take over. And see, and that's I, that was part of the other thing I was thinking of because if Domino's is, is successful with its Noid, you know, push of the autonomous delivery machine for pizza, it is going to snowball extremely quickly to other sectors of retail. Because I've been thinking about this a lot the last week, especially after all of our di discussions of, you know, although cities seem busy, like if you go to any strip mall, sure, there's nail salons or, you know, hair salons and whatnot, but the vast majority of them are all just retail spaces where you go in to buy stuff. Sure. 
I could see it if Domino's is successful, more companies are going to quickly follow suit with autonomous delivery vehicles for products. And like I had said, brick, brick and mortar stores are going away anyway because yeah. everyone's ordering online. So uh, yeah, it seems, well, to me, it seems like the, it's like the corporations would then the, crush the mom and pop stores where mom and pop stores are, I can't imagine them having the uh, cash to buy one of these things. So the only, all the corporations might get it, but every mom and pop place are, they're going to be the lone brick and mortar stores. And it seems like the only people that would go are just retro people like the hipsters that think it's ironic to actually go into a store. Well, and yeah, you, you're not entirely wrong with that because there will be physical stores. Like Chris has already said, he would prefer to go to a store than have something delivered. I'm... I think Chris is a dying breed. I think people are getting lazy and they don't want to leave their house. Well, not, yeah. not, not that Chris is dying. I don't want, I don't <laughs> want Chris. He smells like he's dying, but he's not dying. <laughs> Two in a row. All right. Thanks, Kirk. <laughs> but like, I can definitely foresee it happening. Amazon could absolutely change its model to where you schedule your delivery saying that, Hey, I'm going to be home at this time. And then you have to go out and get your Amazon packages out of the back of a van. And even that isn't potentially too far-fetched. Because if they had a van the size of... Now, obviously, the biggest hurdle would be that you're not... If you had to kind of do an Amazon locker in a van and go up to the van and you know use your phone to unlock it and then take your stuff, there's obviously going to be kinks and flaws and stuff like that to work through but well, and can we just talk about the creepy factor first of all like hey everybody come to my van i got something for you <laughs> that just is a that's horrible that's a that, that's just stop right there the, uh, no that's it's a bad message to send to kids <laughs> especially if candy's written on the side yeah yeah, yeah. but I mean, come on come on Amazon. that's creepy but the fact and i i don't know why i've been thinking about this but you could have vans driving around that have, you know, especially take a look at Walmart. You know, most people who would order from Walmart, you know, you're going to order cold produce or cold food and whatnot. All those vans could be refrigerated and they could be out on the road for hours and hours and hours before they get to you and your food would still be good. Whereas now the biggest limiting factor is if, you know, you order a bunch of ice cream and you want it delivered, you know, that delivery has to get to you by the time, you know, while your ice cream's still potentially cold. If you had a refrigerated or, you know, mostly refrigerated van delivering stuff, it could be out on the road for hours before it ended up, you know, to you. And I would, I'm also going to assume that the cost of these vehicles, especially if Domino's succeeds, they'll probably not be all that expensive. Well, wasn't Domino's before the self-driving, weren't they supposed to do something like, hey, my car is an oven? Or wasn't that something they did? So is that, would that be a part of it? So their their cars would be like heated so it keeps the pizza, like you said, like you can send out, uh, you know, eight deliveries, but if the, you know, the, the car is heated, then it, it'll, it'll for everybody just like the ice cream, but in reverse. 
I would assume so. And not to mention, they can pretty much build those vehicles with robots. So yeah, well, and that that brings up another topic I was going to talk about. Automation's been happening for you know hundred plus years now, and it's something that is continually fought against, but we continually lose. Like if you look at, uh, I was going to say Harrison Ford, but that's not the right one. What's his name? Henry Ford. Henry Ford. Harrison Ford and the famous Get model off team. My plane. Not that guy. Okay. All right. Uh, but Henry Ford, when he brought on the you know assembly line, there was protest because it reduced the amount of jobs because it in and of itself is automation. You know, it's something that as a population we've been continually fighting against but losing. And I, I just don't see the trend changing, unfortunately, to the point where now robots are the, the biggest factor in this. And with the speed and efficiency that they've been developing this stuff, I mean, just look at Boston Dynamics. They have a robot that's designed for moving pallets around. And that's set to go public sometime this year. So would you say horses were the first to get automated by cars? Were they technically the first uh, sort of, uh, you know, the first people, the first uh, beings put out of work by automation? I would have to say sales. Hmm. So instead of you didn't have to row anymore, you yeah. just use sales. You said that, and I was like, what would, what possibly would have been first? And I would think sales would be, but I don't think the people that were put out of rowing were all that. Uh, uh, they weren't bummed about it. I'm yeah, sure. no, no, not so much, because a lot of times they, they didn't, weren't there because they had a choice. I think the good cardio, and they, they had to build the, the rowing machine for the gym, so they, they still got their kicks. The, the post office really messed up the carrier pigeon game. That's my guess. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, they're still carrier pigeons, but those it's not really not really used for that. I think yeah, there's boxes or really, stuff around do, that yeah. now. No, now they just can't take boxes. Now they, <laughs> they got drones. Boxes. Just drones flying around everywhere. See, and that, yeah, that was the other thing. Like, we were talking about drones, and a lot of people probably agreed that drones flying around delivering stuff would never have happened. Because A, they're noisy as hell. B, they're, well, noisy. And in order to deliver a decent amount of stuff, they would have to be pretty big. But the fact that Automated cars jumped into the uh, the shuffle relatively fast, because I mean, there's still no regulation for self-driving cars. Like that's still not a thing that can happen. Uh, sure, they've done tests and everything like that, but there's no there's no license that says you can there can be a car on the road without someone in it. I just think it's funny how this drone debate just keeps going on and on and on <laughs> and on. Very good point. <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah. Well, hey, we, uh, we're hitting that time. Uh, Kirk, I know you had an op topic for us this week. Why don't we go there? 
Oh yeah, so something a little completely different. Uh, I saw a um, some some guy set the world record for building the largest Lego set. It's a uh, the Colosseum. Uh, it's actual replica, they, and it has it was nine thousand thirty six pieces, and he he completed it in thirteen hours and thirty seven minutes. Um, my initial thought was this guy has either been uh, single for way too long or he has been married for way too long because uh you guys have been married can you imagine getting almost 14 hours by yourself to play with legos would your wife put up with that i can't imagine uh, <laughs> my wife has bought me about 14 hours worth of legos that i still have to build so yes i can't imagine that i couldn't imagine sitting somewhere for 13 hours and putting legos together it sounds a little bit uh, mind-numbing I was gonna yeah, say he and you can watch. There's like a speedy video you can actually watch, and it he goes through the whole thing. And just, at one point he goes, uh, and he he got the world record. And he goes, once I got this record, uh, I'm I won't be, I'm not. He goes, I'm not gonna stop. And how could I? And I'm like, you could just stop. You're an adult. <laughs> play with Legos. This seems a how could I stop? That seems very easy to me. I I'm mean, offended. maybe. Excessive compulsive, but you know, not, I mean, he's he's not. There's a lot worse things, I guess, you could be doing. You could go do heroin or go do blah blah blah. But you know, 13 hours on Legos seems a little silly, and he's not even going to let his kids play with it. That was the whole plot of Legos, the movie, or the Lego movie. I heard those things are horrible to step on. I've heard that from yes. several parents, like walking on the floor, going to the bathroom to pee at night, and not turning on the lights. And, and your bare feet stepping on a Lego, I heard is one of the, I heard it's worse than child pain. Am I right, ladies? Don't, don't, don't tell. <laughs> no. Yeah, don't quote him on that one. No. Uh, but no, uh, yes, it, it, in defense, like, Chris, you know I'm a big Lego person. Uh, yes. Legos are intrinsically fun. It's more of a, a challenge, per se. And... Like, I put together many Lego sets, and I have a very large tub of Legos just sitting in my daughter's room, which I kind of wish they would uh, use more, because if that was around when I was a kid, I would have gone nuts. But have, have Legos gone digital? Is there, like, an app yet that your kids play? Like, is that a thing, or am I, uh, is it, uh, like, Legos are kind of technology-proof? No, there's there's absolutely Lego games. I was gonna say there are apps too, but those are more for instructions and whatnot. Well, it's I'm like assuming... a 3D puzzle almost is what yeah. I, it's it's kind of the way to think about it. Yeah, that that's a very good way to to put it. Is it's like you wouldn't necessarily um, put someone down for building you know a ten thousand piece puzzle or something like that. In essence. Legos are exactly that. They're just a 3D puzzle. Well, I don't care for Legos, so I'm on Kirk's side. You have kids now. Just wait. I know, and I have Lego blocks in my house, and I step on them all the time, and they make me mad. So I would assume they're the big ones. They are. <laughs> And you still manage to step on them. That's impressive, Chris. Yeah, I don't always look where I'm walking. Well, see, guys, I, I, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to 
uh, cut out a little early. Um, I got baby stuff to take care of. I, uh, my off topic is I had a, and baby Benjamin is doing well, but he is a baby and I have to cut it short this week. So I'm going to book out of here. Um, before I go, are you and Kirk going to do some game after this that I could possibly jump in the chat on? Uh, yeah, I can, uh, if Kirk's up for it, I can show him a little bit of uh, Kerbal Space Program and some yeah. potential. Sure, we do a half hour or something. That should be enough. Okay, cool. Well, uh, everybody, a uh, little scatterbrained this week. I apologize for that. Uh, next week, maybe I'll have a little more to uh, throw into the conversation. But And a picture. That Come on, you got you to tease the audience. <laughs> everybody loves baby pictures. And, uh, yeah, I have, I have a little nice shot of uh, Benjamin and, uh, and uh, your, you know, Delilah fighting it out. Maybe make, <laughs> look like, make, look, make it look like Delilah's like hitting him like right in the chin with a good left hook. Can you do that? Maybe maybe a rocky uh, freeze frame ending. That would, if you could do that, like I don't want to, not too much pressure, but you know, if you could have your babies fight, that would be awesome. So, baby cage right, match. <laughs> to the death. No, <laughs> kidding. Uh, everybody. I will be, I'm out of here. Uh, skulls and arms. I will see you guys next week. Uh, John and Kirk, thanks for taking over. Oh, All no right. problem. Congratulations. Yeah. We'll, we'll end the podcast here. We'll, uh, I'll boot up, uh, some Kerbal space program and we'll, I'll show Kirk some, uh, basics of orbital mechanics. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking for eyeball robot is what I'm thinking. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you in a few minutes for uh, some Kerbal Space Program. Yeah. Thanks for joining us.